Welcome to Everyday Economics, a podcast that helps you learn about the economic world happening around you every day. I'm your host, Chris Krug, president of the 501c3 nonprofit, Franklin News Foundation, Everyday Economics Production of America's Talking Network. You can check out all of our great podcasts at americastalking.com. To support Everyday Economics, please make your tax-deductible charitable contribution by clicking the link in the show description. Today is Friday, October 28th. And joining me, as always, is Dr. Orfe Divangi. He's a PhD economist. He penned a story or an article. I'm not sure this is an opinion piece or this is some straight news reporting, maybe a little bit of both, but it appeared in Zillow.com in the middle of October, so just a couple of weeks ago. Dr. Orfe Divangi, tell me about this story, the headline of which is declining demand drives price pullback. What's going on in the housing market? We talked about this, you know, the fact that this slowdown in house prices is very, very different from anything we've seen in the past. If you recall, right before the global financial crisis, housing prices started to fall because we had a bunch of distressed sellers, people who could no longer afford their mortgage payments, basically walked away from their homes. And in this case, we have a slowdown in house prices that is mostly demand-driven. Affordability falling to an all-time low because of the rapid surge in mortgage rates that we saw at the beginning of this year, and that's still ongoing. I think mortgage rates cleared 7% yesterday. That pushed aside so many potential home buyers. And so all of a sudden, we have a, a different type of slowdown in house prices, one that's driven by a pullback, mostly a pullback in demand as compared to what we had seen in the past, which was basically driven by sellers listing their homes and flooding the market. We're in a situation where inventories remain much lower than they were before the pandemic, and yet prices are sliding. Yeah, and there's some markets that have been impacted more than others. I think that you know one of the things that I appreciated from the article that you wrote was the way that you charted out the differences between cities and, and what was going on with regard to demand inside of those markets. I mean, the, the top of the list, Greensboro, North Carolina, demand is down 67.6%. All the way down, if you follow this massive cascade, there's all of these markets that are down. You got to get down to Richmond, Virginia, before I see one that's trending in a positive direction. And on your chart, there are only two markets that were positively trending. Richmond, Virginia, and New Orleans, Louisiana. And so every other one of these markets that you measured was all showing what amounted to be a disproportionate decline in demand year over year. It's all about those mortgage payments. The typical mortgage payment in the U.S. has increased by more than 60% in the past year. Can you imagine? I mean, you're trying to get into a home and, and you've been thinking about it. You've been saving for a while and then all of a sudden you no longer qualify because you need a massive income increase. That's just not there. We talked about that earlier on. I mean, with the interest rate moving from 3% to now over 7% on a 30-year fixed, depending on the size of your loan, of course, you know, in a, even in the sort of that moderate range in that, you know, like $500,000 range, which, you know, you can find a $500,000 house in virtually any metropolitan market. It might be 1,300 square feet if you're buying it in the Bay Area, or maybe not even that large. It might be 4,000 square feet if you are buying it in Omaha, Nebraska. But nonetheless, there's $500,000 homes that could be purchased in every market. That loan to you, what your obligation from the standpoint of, of the interest 
could be a thousand dollars difference between March of this year and today. That's right. I would say more like over the past year. So like maybe September to September, August to August. But yeah, I mean, it's this affordability crisis is really what we're undergoing right now. But you know what's even much weirder, in my opinion, is the fact that sellers have pulled back too. I don't think we've ever seen that. If you don't have to sell, this is not the time to sell. And I would say if you have to buy, then you got to buy. But if you don't have to buy, I don't think this would be such a hot time to buy. There's a little good news, though, I got to say. For one, on the seller side, sellers still have can still get more today than they could a year ago and way more than before the pandemic. So even though their house might sit on the market a little bit longer, they can still get more than they than they would have only about a year ago in most markets. The good news for buyers is that they have a ton of time now. There's no more bidding wars, right? They have breathing room. They can take their time to find the right home. But also, there's so many programs out there, down payment assistance programs that didn't exist. But also, the fact that many lenders now use on-time rent payments in their lending criteria. I think that's important, right? And so you have a lot of Americans who are paying these these high monthly rents, mm-hmm. right? And, and can therefore afford to pay some of these mortgage payments, but they, they don't have the credit or the credit history, right? Or a lot of people don't even, are credit invisible. So this is definitely helpful. Uh, so yeah, things are changing really rapidly. There's a massive market rebalancing underway. But it's very weird. It's very different from anything we've seen in the past. Well, let's cut it there. I want to come back and talk about rents on the next episode. For RFA Divangi, this has been Chris Krug. Subscribe to Everyday Economics and dozens of other quality podcasts at americastalking.com. 